Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Friends, welcome to our time of prayer together. I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life, the largest ministry in the church, focused on doing one simple thing, ending abortion, stopping the killing of unborn children. We are going to delve into the scriptures as usual. We want to pray for each other, so leave your prayer intentions in the comments. But we also want to pray for Ohio. We are in the midst of a novena of prayer for victory in Ohio. Now, what, what does victory mean? There's an upcoming election on August 8th, there's a vote to make it harder to amend their constitution. And we want it to be harder because the pro-abortion people are trying to change it and to impose unlimited abortion on the state, something that Ohioans and, and Americans in general do not want. We're going to pray that the August 8th vote, and voting is already in progress, be successful so that it's harder to change the constitution and therefore harder in November for the pro-abortion people to make abortion more accessible in that state. Okay, let's put ourselves in the presence of the Lord and let's pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We come to you today, Father, with great joy, with peace of mind and soul because we rest only in you, not in our achievements or possessions or power or titles or positions. No, we have one position, Lord, and that is we are your servants. We are your sons and daughters. That's the position we want. That's the position no one will take from us. That is our joy and our glory. Forgive any way in which, by act or omission, by word or deed, we have not lived up to that great status, that great position that you have put us in of being your sons and daughters. Forgive us any way we have fallen short or betrayed or aborted your will in our lives. May we go forward having repented, having confidently received the forgiveness of our sins and the life of a new creation. May we move forward being transformed from glory to glory more and more into your likeness. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay, a reading from the book of Exodus. As Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the commandments in his hands, he did not know that the skin of his face had become radiant while he conversed with the Lord. When Aaron then and the other children of Israel saw Moses and noticed how radiant the skin of his face had become, they were afraid to come near him. Only after Moses called to them did Aaron and all the rulers of the community come back to him. Moses then spoke to them. Later on, all the children of Israel came up to him, and he enjoined on them all that the Lord had told him on Mount Sinai. When he finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. Whenever Moses entered the presence of the Lord to converse with him, he removed the veil until he came out again. On coming out, he would tell the children of Israel all that had been commanded. Then the children of Israel would see that the skin of Moses' face was radiant. So he would again put the veil over his face until you went in to converse with the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Fascinating, isn't it? It's sort of a good answer to the 
often heard statement, God loves us just the way we are. And I always respond to that, well, of course he does, except he loves us too much to leave us the way we are. He wants to change us. He wants to make us radiant. In fact, the fact of the matter is, you cannot come into the presence of God without being changed one way or the other. Now, you're free to accept His grace and transformation or not, but you're changed one way or the other because if you don't, then you have, you have sealed your fate rejecting. By rejecting the love of God, by rejecting the offer of faith, we condemn ourselves. Jesus made that clear many times. St. Paul picks up on this passage we just heard from Exodus and this, this miraculous glowing of, of Moses' face. Because remember, as we said before, he's a foreshadowing of Christ. And the fact that he had this special grace in communicating with God. We can all communicate with God. We have to. That's prayer. But Moses' scripture says there was something different. He spoke to the Lord face to face as a man speaks to his friend. We don't know exactly what that means, but you can see the effect it had on him. But in that sense, he's foreshadowing Christ, the Son of God, right, who is always in the presence of the Father and, in fact, is the perfect representation of the Father. But we see Moses transformed here. And Paul picks up on that and he says, well, look, you know, anything in the Old Testament is a, a prophecy of something even greater in the New Testament. So just as Moses is a prophetic figure pointing to one far greater than he, i.e. Christ, so the glowing of his face represents something even greater now in the new covenant that you and I have access to. Let's see what Paul says about that. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. He says we have great confidence through Christ in God. We have a new covenant, not just law that tells you how you've broken uh, a covenant and how you've sinned and therefore get penal penalty, the wages of sin being death. But we've got a new covenant with the Spirit, Paul says. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Just as the, and I'm just talking here intermittent with the Scriptures, that the, the God wrote the commandments on those tablets. The Spirit writes the law on our hearts. And then let me pick up with reading 2 Corinthians 3, verse 7. Now, if the ministry of death carved in letters on stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end. Will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, how much more will what is permanent have glory? Let me pause there. We've got glory. We're transformed. The Spirit is writing the law in our hearts. They had Moses. We have Christ. We continue with verse 12. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened. For to this day when they read the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted. Because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day whenever Moses is read, 
a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. So let me pause there. So here Paul is saying now, not so much talking about the glory on the face, but the meaning of the veil. Some still don't understand that the fulfillment of the old covenant is the new covenant in Christ. Some still don't understand that Moses points to Christ, that the law points to the gospel. Faith allows us a more complete understanding of who God is. So the veil in that sense is removed. Now he's going to go back to the glory. Verse 16. When one, I read verse 16. When, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. See, Moses got that radiant glory speaking face to face with the Lord starting with when he gave him the commandments on the stone tablets. We live those commandments. We live those commandments, furthermore, by the power of the Spirit, who brings us supernatural faith, hope, and love. We believe in a way that is beyond human strength. We hope in a way that is beyond human strength. We love in a way that is impossible for human beings if we didn't have the Spirit of Christ when you think about love, giving your, laying down your lives, forgiving your enemies, and so forth, putting Christ first above even family, this takes supernatural grace. And it's making us into the image of God. Again, following the commandments, I've said this many times, is not some kind of external reality. An imposition. It's not like boundaries and fences there's an element of that, obviously. The commandments tell us we must not go beyond certain boundaries in our actions. But the, a boundary, a fence, is just an external thing. In the new covenant, the Spirit transforms us so that we become like God. The only reason there are commandments for creatures to follow is that they're not God. God is truth. God is life. There's no possible way that God acts against those things. But for us, well, we have the capability, limited, mortal, sinful beings that we are, to depart from all of that. But by this transformation, foreshadowed by the glowing of Moses' face in the presence of the law of the Old Covenant, we glow, we get transformed from glory to glory into what? To the image of Christ. So that the com following the commandments, in other words, and following the entirety of the teachings of the Gospels becomes for us second nature. Second, not human nature, second supernatural nature. We share, we are partakers in the divine nature. And that's why we can be pro-life. That's why we can be honest and truthful and generous and loving and forgiving and kind. All the fruits that come from the Holy Spirit. That's why we can change the world. What a beautiful reality. Now we have to change the world when it comes to this culture of death and so as we go into our time of prayer we want to pray especially for Ohio that is one flashpoint right now one key locus of the battle against the wicked 
abortion industry. Let's pray. Father, we turn to you, first of all, lifting up each other. Lord, all the prayer intentions expressed in the comments and those held in the silence of our hearts, look down graciously and hear those prayers. Bless us with health where health is needed. Bless us with reconciliation where forgiveness and healing are needed. Bless us with wisdom where decisions need to be made and discernment is needed. Lord, bring about the resolution of conflicts and the answering of questions and the resolution of problems in our lives. Lord, we pray in a particular way for Ohio. Bring victory there for pro-life. Let's pray the prayer I wrote for this occasion. You can find it at prayercampaign.org. Lord of life and Father of all, we thank you for the great victories that you have brought us as we work to protect the unborn and their moms, dads, and families from the violence of abortion. Lord, as your people now have more opportunity to shape abortion policy in each state, we see many states restoring protection to our unborn brothers and sisters. We also see abortion forces attempting to expand abortion and even declare it a right under their state's constitution. Lord, we pray today for victory in Ohio as we work to protect its constitution from those who would want to impose a policy of unlimited abortion. We pray in particular for the special election of August 8th, for which voting is already underway. We pray that the voters will have the wisdom to approve the provision that would make it harder to amend the Constitution by raising the threshold to 60%. As a result of this, Lord God, we pray that the citizens of Ohio will have an even greater appreciation of the importance of their Constitution, of the impact of amending it, and of the need to require strong consensus among the people before changing their most fundamental governing document. Lord, bring victory to the yes vote on August 8th, so that it will be more difficult for promoters of abortion to change the Ohio Constitution later into a ticket to unlimited abortion. May your people speak up for what is right, take action for what is just, and make the sacrifices necessary to preserve the sanctity of life and of the family. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, thanks, friends, for joining me. This is great. We uh, will have victory in Ohio if we all do our part. Contact those that you may know there, or even if you don't know people there, put on social media some of this information. We have a special website, andabortionoh.us. We have one for every state. Uh, We're still putting information up on most of them, but andabortionoh.us will give you information about this battle and the talking points and so forth. Thanks very much, friends. Pro-Life Leader Frank Pavone here. You are in my prayers. Oh, we didn't say the Our Father. Let's pray the Our Father, Hail Mary, and Glory Be, so that uh, we can wrap up our time together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. 
Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Thanks, friends. Talk to you soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.